little bit. And uh, tonight we're going to start right in with the teaching. And the reason for that is, is because there's several folks on the worship team, they're, uh, they're out, their voices are out. And, uh, and if they sang tonight, they'd probably sound like me. And you wouldn't want that. So, uh, but they're an excellent worship team. They're just, uh, uh, their voices are, some of them are out tonight with, uh, with their voices are out. And so we'll just get right into the word. And I know last Wednesday we didn't, uh, you know, have the, have the music and worship, but we'll get back to it Sunday morning and uh, then Wednesday night as well. Praise God. Assuming those guys' voices get back. And how many of you believe their voices will be back? Yeah. And you know, uh, the worship team is just so anointed. They're doing such a wonderful job leading us in worship. So, all right, let's get into the Word of God. Let's open our Bibles to Second Peter, the first chapter, and the fifth verse. Second Peter, the first chapter, and the fifth verse. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 5. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to come to the house of God and to study your word. We thank you that your anointing rides on your word and that anointing destroys yokes and bondages. We're thankful for it. We receive the illumination that comes from your word and the encouragement. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now notice right here, uh, I'm going to read about five or six verses here in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. All right. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Notice that, add to your faith. Add to your faith. Underline that if you have a pen or something there. You might underline that or write that down. Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. Well, there are some things that we're supposed to add to our faith. And then they build one on another. And then notice verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound. Yours and abound. Notice not just faith, but these other things. If these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that gets my attention right there. How about you? You will be neither barren nor unfruitful. Notice it's not just a matter of faith, but it's faith, Plus some of these other things that are plus these other things that are mentioned, uh, and then in verse eight, for he who lacks these things, notice these things can be lacked or, or without them. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. That's not good, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, talking to us as Christians, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, if you do these things, adding to your faith the things that the Scripture mentioned, if you do these things, you will never stumble. How many of you want to never stumble? I, I don't want to stumble. So we need to, we need to take a, a closer look at 
not only our faith. We've taught a lot about faith over the years, but let's talk tonight about what the Bible says we need to add to our faith. And then in verse 11, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we'll title this this, uh, message here tonight, Faith Plus. Faith Plus. Faith Plus. How many has heard of Juice Plus? (laughs) Well, we'll talk about Faith Plus tonight, all right? Faith Plus. Now, you need to realize, and I want to make it very clear here, that... If you have, if a sinner, when a sinner has a repentant heart, sinner has a repentant heart, you know what that means? They're, they're lost, they're, they're going to hell. But they have a repentant heart. And uh, they have faith in the Lord Jesus. You know, they believe that He's the Son of God and that He's been, you know, He died on the cross, He shed His blood, He's been raised from the dead, and they, they place that sinner with a repentant heart. How many of you know a sinner to get saved must have a repentant heart? Do you understand that? Just saying a a sinner's prayer without a repentant heart to get a ticket to heaven does not take. Do you understand that? People don't get saved when they just are told, well, just say this prayer and you'll be saved. Well, it it doesn't work unless there is a repentant heart. You know what I mean by that? A heart that wants to turn from that sinful life. You You okay with that? And so when a sinner with a repentant heart turns to Jesus and places their faith in Him and believes in Him as the the Savior and the Son of God and asks Him into their heart, right at that moment they're saved. Do you understand that? They become born again. They become a Christian. They're going to miss hell, make heaven. So I want to make it clear that, you know, there's nothing you can add to your faith to get saved. Do you understand that? Some people think, well, if, you know, in the old... You know, well, actually, uh, in the early days of the church, they, would, they taught faith plus circumcision equaled salvation. And Paul corrected that and said that's not true. You understand that? And then in, in, in the days that I'm familiar with, back in, in some time ago, there was a big thing, it may still be out there, where they'd say, and some denominations still teach this, that faith plus water baptism equals salvation. But you know, that's not so either. You understand water doesn't wash away sins. You understand? So I've always said it like this, faith in Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Amen? Now again, that faith, we're assuming that that comes from a sinner with what kind of a heart? With a repentant heart. What have I done? What's going on? Is you all your cell phones off? Everybody have their cell phones off? Is it on airplane mode or whatever? Okay. What was it? Curtis, shame on you. You should not. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Well, all right. Okay, so do you, I just want to make it clear that nobody thinks that, that I'm saying that faith plus these things will get us saved. Are you okay? You all right? Faith, as far as salvation goes, faith plus nothing equals salvation. You okay? But it has to be coming from a sinner with what kind of a heart? With a repentant heart. Okay, so repentant heart, faith plus nothing. Just faith in Jesus alone gets us saved. But, but notice here, the Bible said, let, let's look at 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, 5. Let's look at that. Again, it says, add to your faith. 
So we need to add some things to our faith. Not as it pertains to salvation, but if we want to, what did the Bible say? Let's look again at verse 8. If these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind. And then right here it says, if you do these things in verse 10, you will never stumble. So we as Christians need to take a look at these, these things the Bible mentions so that we won't stumble. Are you okay? You see what we're talking about here tonight? So let's kind of go through these and, and, and take a look and uh, see what, what the Bible's talking about. First thing it says, add to your faith in verse 5. What's the first thing we're supposed to add to our faith? Virtue. Virtue. Right? Virtue. Now, some versions may say other things, but the New King James says virtue. Now, what that means as I studied into it is moral excellence. Moral excellence. Moral excellence. How many of you have seen Christians, they're saved, all right. They really have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus. They're really saved, but they don't have a lot of moral excellence about them. Have anybody ever see those kind of people beside me? And, uh, and that's unfortunate. But there's a lot of Christians that I've run into over the last many years you know, many years, not, not just here in this church, but many years, they had faith, all right. They were Christians, all right. But they never added to their faith virtue or moral excellence. And how many knows what I'm talking about? You, you ever run into, how many has ever run into a Christian that would fib just a little bit? Huh? Besides me. How many how many of you have ever uh, done business with a Christian that you wish you hadn't have done business with them because their word wasn't any good? Huh? Now, I mean, now, it, it, how many besides me? Huh? How many you'd rather have a sinner uh, build your house for you but he was a man of his word Amen. than have a Christian build your house who was, who was a sidewinder and cut corners? I'd rather have the sinner working for me. How about you? Well... You see, a Christian is supposed to add to their faith this virtue or this moral excellence. Now, let me just kind of go from my notes here. Without this virtue, without this virtue, without moral excellence, our hearts will condemn us as we stand before God. How many of you, you've ever, if you've been like me, you've missed it over the years and maybe you weren't walking as excellently as you should before the Lord? You're saved, all right. There's no question about that. But when you go to pray, just on the inside, your heart is condemning you that you know there's something not right in your life. How many of that's ever happened to besides me? You see, without moral excellence, it will hinder us. Notice 1 John 3.21. 1 John 3.21. John, you can hold your place there in 2 Peter 1 because we'll come back to it. But look at uh, 1 John 3.21. Notice what the Bible says. Beloved, talking to Christians here. If our heart does not condemn us, we have what? We have confidence toward God. Right? And whatever we ask, we re notice now, whatever we ask, of course you understand in line with His Word, whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we what? We keep 
his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. We could say it this way, because we have virtue, because we have moral excellence. And if we don't have moral excellence, if we've not added that to our faith, then when we go to pray and believe God for something, it's, our, our hearts will condemn us and we won't have the confidence before him that we need. Something else without this virtue or without this moral excellence, even if we have faith that we could remove mountains, we will not be a good Christian witness for Jesus. How many has ever seen Christians? They were really saved. They're Christians, but they weren't the best witness for the Lord Jesus. They were hypocritical in a lot of areas. They'd act one way in church, but if you'd see them at Walmart, they'd act differently. How many's ever run into those kind of people besides me? And then also without virtue or without moral excellence, we, would, we won't have the confidence to resist the devil. There's been times in my life where there were things in my life as a Christian that shouldn't have been there. Maybe, you know, I was holding a grudge against somebody or maybe, you know, I had listened to some gossip. How many of you know listening to it is really as bad as doing it? But you've listened to it, you've entertained that, you know, and then something comes up where you have to resist the devil. And when you go to resist it, well, as the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil and he'll flee. And if you haven't submitted in every area of your life, when you, and you haven't walked in all the light that you, you, you have to walk in, when you go to resist the devil, there's just a lack of confidence. There's a lack of boldness there. How many of that's ever happened to you beside me? So if we'll add to our faith this virtue or this moral excellence then we'll have confidence as we stand before the Lord. We'll be a good Christian witness, you know, and we'll have boldness when we resist the devil. And it'll be another step towards what the Bible said back in Second Peter, you know, being able to stand and, and not fall and all of that. Now, let's look at the next thing that the Bible says to add to our faith. And actually, you know, he's talking about these build on one another, you know, add to your faith, virtue, and then knowledge. Let's talk about knowledge. Uh, as I study this word knowledge out, it means just being intelligent. You know, Christians ought to be intelligent. Amen? Um, you know, I can just speak from my experience and, uh, you know, coming from... Uh, well, well, let me just put it like this. When we, when we were in Tulsa attending Rhema, uh, whenever, whenever Rhema students were mentioned, they weren't always mentioned in the best light, were they? And that was shocking to me. And I, I couldn't understand that at first, but as I got into it, I saw that, uh, uh, at least in my experience, there were a lot of Rhema students that they didn't have a lot of virtue, moral excellence, and a lot of times they were looked at as being folks that weren't too knowledgeable. How many of you know when we get saved, we're, and I'm not knocking Rhema, I love Rhema, I'm glad to be from Rhema and all that, but you know when we get saved, we're not, you know, we shouldn't, we're, you know, we're transformed not by the what? Removing of our mind, but by the what? Renewing. And you know, faith people sometimes have been looked at as, you know, not the sharpest knives in the drawer. That should not ought to be. 
How many of you know Jesus said we ought to be wise as serpents but harmless as doves? We ought to be smart, shouldn't we? Now, I wasn't taking a shot at Rhema there, so you don't have to have play this back for Pastor Hagen because I heard him and Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen, say that you know sometimes they would just sh- shake their head at some things that the Rhema students would do. Is that is you know, you know? And I'd hear him say, "I thought we taught them better than that." Well, you know what? They did teach us better, but sometimes folks don't add to their faith virtue and then what knowledge. And so we ought to be intelligent. I'm not saying we have to have a master's degree and we have to, you know, be able to do calculus and all of that. But we ought to be, we ought to be wise, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be wise? And then this word knowledge also means investigation. We ought to be people that investigate. We ought to investigate things. And I like this verse. Uh, Look at Acts 17.11. Look at Acts 17.11 talking about the Bereans. The Bereans. The Bereans. Notice, I'll just pick up in that verse. And it says, they received, this is Acts 17.11. They received the word with all readiness. And notice what they did. They searched. The scriptures daily. Are they, we could say they investigated the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. You know, you ought to do that. I don't care if it's me teaching or, or uh, somebody on te- television, radio, internet. Uh, you know, whenever you hear the word of God, you need, to, you need to look the scriptures up and examine what you're being told to see if what you're being told is really so. Can you say Amen. And uh, <clears throat> and that's what the Bereans did. And that's adding... What is what, what did they do? They were Christians. They had faith in Jesus. But they were adding knowledge to their faith. Um, many Christians that I've run into over the years say, Well, I believe. I have faith. And that's well and good. But can they give an answer for the hope that is within them? Notice, if you would, 1 Peter 3.15. Go to 1 Peter 3.15 and notice what the Holy Spirit tells us through Peter. In 1 Peter 3.15, I'll pick up midway through that verse. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Sad to say there's a lot of Christians I've met over the years, they were not able to give a defense for the hope that was within them. Why is that? Because they've never added to their faith knowledge. Once we get saved, that saving faith in Jesus, then we need to not only add virtue, moral excellence, but we then need to add knowledge to that as well, so that we knowledge of the Word of God, so that we can give a defense. For what we believe. It's interesting this word knowledge. I think you'll find this interesting. In 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy the King James Version. You don't have to turn there. But you could look it up later. And that would be a good thing for you to find. But this word knowledge. Is also translated science. Science. In 1 Timothy. You can look that up sometime. The King James Version. Translates this word Science. And I thought it was interesting, and I'll just throw this in here. Uh, so often, 
uh, a bunch of scientific knowledge is presented hoping to conclude that God exists. How many has ever seen a presentation where they would give a lot of scientific knowledge and to the end that they were hoping to prove to you that God exists? How many has ever heard something like that besides me? And, and I'm not against that. I, I mean, I'm not against good science. Praise God for that. But, you know, I've sat through some of those uh, uh, good scientific explanations and actually I've presented some of them over the years myself. But do you know the one thing I've found is that no matter how, uh, how good and solid the scientific evidence is for the existence of God, in the end, I don't, care, I don't care who does the presentation, I don't care how powerful it is, in the end, faith is still necessary. Did you hear me? Faith is still necessary. So rather than have a bunch of knowledge, even scientific knowledge, and then have to conclude with faith, I would rather do what the Bible says. I'd rather start out with faith and then add to that knowledge. How about you? How many would rather do it that way? Including scientific knowledge. And you know one thing I've learned about scientific knowledge, good scientific knowledge just backs the Word of God up. Not that the word needs any backing up, but good science, good science knowledge just backs the Bible up. And good scientific knowledge will just strengthen our faith. So what I'm saying here on this point is let's don't get a bunch of scientific knowledge. And, and, and I mean, if you do that, you're still going to have to have faith. Did you hear me? Huh? Right? Why don't we start out with faith? Like the Bible says, and then add to that knowledge, and then any good scientific knowledge just backs up our faith. I, I believe this Sunday I'm going to talk about the passion of the Christ, passion of Jesus, and I believe I'm going to say some things about the Shroud of Turin. How many has ever heard of that? And I think it's going to be, invite your friends to come. I think it's going to be a really, really powerful service this Sunday. But you know whether that shroud is really the burial cloth of Jesus or not, which... I tend to believe it is, but whether it is or isn't, let's say, let, let, let's say that we could prove that it was beyond the shadow of any doubt, but still, you're still going to have to have faith at the end of the day. Is that right? Even if Noah's Ark really is, the, you know, because how many ever watched the In Search Ofs, you know, and they, you know, they think they've got it up there and just about the time they, you know, then there's some kind of law passed and they can't go in and get it or something like that. And some people have said they've been in the ark. But, you know, what? let's just say that, that they proved beyond the shadow of any doubt that that, that ark was really there. And, 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 and I know it's there somewhere, as the Bible says. But at the end of the day, we have to have faith, don't we? All right, so let's just start out with faith and then add knowledge to it. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Then the next one, faith plus self-control. Faith plus self-control. Because we're adding what? We're adding to our faith. What was the first one? Virtue and then knowledge and now what? Self-control or temperance. And this one overlaps somewhat with virtue. There's an overlapping, certainly. But as I studied this self-control out or temperance, it means in, in all areas, certainly, but particularly in diet and chastity. In diet and chastity. As it pertains to our, di our food diet 
And chastity has to do with the sexual arena. And that's what that word, self-control, is really honing in on, our diet and chastity. Notice when I talk about diet, I'm pulling my tummy in, you know. (laughs) But you see, now I just have to be honest with you. This is one time you ought to be glad you're not the preacher. I get to stand up here and tell you that I haven't really added as much self-control to my faith as I should in the area of diet. Now, I I have in the area of chastity, I tell people I was faithful to my wife before I ever knew who she was. It's the only woman there I've ever smooched. You know that? And, 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 And she's the only one that I've ever had biblical sexual relations with. And, and that's, you know, and that was after we were married. And I don't say that in a boastful way, but I say that, you know, if I can make, I tell youngsters, if I can make it, you surely can. Amen. Amen. But, but I've added to my faith self-control in the sexual arena, but I haven't always been so good in the area of food. Well, I haven't arrived yet, have you? So I'm still working on this one. Amen. Don't you wish you were like Russ and Ray? You can just eat whatever you want and you never, get, you never gain any weight. <laughs> but nonetheless, they're, they're good guys. I'll, I've teased them about that over the years. But, but you know what? Uh, I haven't, I, how many's not arrived yet? We're, we're, still, we're, still, we're still adding, aren't we? We're still... How many of you have added the temperance in the diet area for a while, but then you did some subtracting, you kind of fell off the wagon? (laughs) Well, you know, one thing I've learned in the healing ministry is that, you know, we can can have all the faith and all of that, but if we we violate natural law, you know what I mean? It, It hinders. It hinders. Well, there's something that, that I, I need to work on is adding to my faith self-control in the area of I could, tend, I could stand to lose about 30 pounds. Don't you say amen. <laughs> she was thinking it, though. You know, we can have faith to move mountains, but without adding self-control, we can actually become disqualified. How many of you know that there's been ministers that they had a lot of faith and, and they'd have crowds, they'd fill stadiums up? But then it comes out that they were having an affair with somebody, huh? And they became disqualified, didn't they? Huh? That's happened again and again, hasn't it? Look at 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Actually, if you study it out in the book of Acts, Paul got to, uh, he, he, he had an appearance before Felix, the Roman governor, and he began to talk about temperance and self-control. He preached the gospel to him, but he got off on, actually this word here, he got off on, on temperance and self-control. And... Uh, the, the Bible says Felix kind of kind of began to tremble and he said, I'll see you at another time. 
And he sent Paul away. How many has ever, I know if you're like me, you know, whenever people get up and they start talking about diet and exercise and, and you know, about uh, arteries getting clogged and, and, you know, open heart surgery and all that, I mean, how many, if you're like me, you want to just go listen to something else? Huh? And I don't know if Felix, if, if that's what, what he wanted not to listen to Paul on, or maybe, there, maybe Felix had a problem in the area of, of chastity. I don't know. But uh, and there were other things Paul was preaching to him that might have upset him. But uh, well, anyway, let's add self-control to our faith. What do you say? Now then, let's go on. A few more of these. And then there's perseverance, our patience, our endurance. Perseverance, our patience, our endurance. Now, this, these are all important, but I'm telling you, this one here is... They're all equally important, but, but this one, uh, this, this, is, this is something we need to take a look at because, you know, when we believe God and we have faith, believe in God, having faith, same thing. Faith and believing, same thing. When we release our faith, we need to realize faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And how many, how many of you, you've ever exercised your faith and you believed God for something, but you didn't see immediate results? How many? And, the, and typically that's the case. Like in, in the healing ministry, we've prayed for into the thousands of people over the years. And we've got hundreds and hundreds of them healed. And of those that have gotten healed, I'll say the vast majority of them, when we released our faith, in the natural realm, we didn't see we didn't see anything. We didn't see you know fireworks go off. We didn't feel anything. They didn't fall down on the floor. They didn't have goosebumps. None of that. But yet they come back days or weeks or months later, and they some of them have brought me the doctor's report and said, Pastor Terry, the, here's the here's the pre before we believed God, and here's after the, the X-ray, and the doctor says I'm totally healed. Well, there's a, there's a time between when you release your faith and there's a physical manifestation. What is it that takes us from the time we release our faith until the time there's that physical manifestation? It's called perseverance, our endurance, our patience. And this is something we really need to add to our faith. Notice Hebrews 6.12. Hebrews 6.12. Go there. Hebrews 6.12. We'll pick up in the, in the verse. It says, imitate those who through faith and patience, notice that, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice in this verse that word and, when I was teaching math, I'd tell students when they were doing word problems that typically whenever you see the word and, you put a plus sign. When you see the word is, you put equals. So we could say through faith plus patience, you inherit the promises. See, we need to add to our faith patience. Remember what patience is? It's the ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. And really that's the key. I've watched this again and again and again over the years where people, they, 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 they believe God based on Scripture. They release their faith. And then a couple of days go by and they don't see anything. They don't see any results. And I've heard some of them say, well, this faith stuff doesn't work. Well, much we could say, but one thing I can conclude is that person has not letting patience have its perfect work. 
Did you hear me? See, when we release our faith, then we must be patient until the physical manifestation. Notice Hebrews 10.36. Notice Hebrews 10.36. It says, you have need of endurance or patience so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice that physical manifestation comes after there's faith. And what do we add to our faith? Patience. Notice James 1 and 4. Notice James 1 and 4. It says, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, and notice that word let, let patience. We have to let patience have its perfect work. What is patience? It's the ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. Okay? So we need to add this perseverance or patience to our faith. We need to be people that persevere. 2 Timothy 2 and 3, 2 Timothy 2 and 3 says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that if you're going to live for God, there's going to be some hardship that you're going to run across? I mean, it's just, and I tell you what, as we, as we go on in this world, you know, I don't, I, I'll tell you what, it's dark out there. Did you know that? And I don't mean just because it's nighttime. I'm talking spiritually. Amen. And it's not getting any lighter but, thank God, the path of the righteous shines lighter and lighter. Amen? And so if we want things to stay light for us, we need to add to our faith endurance. We need to endure, and we need to endure hardship. Don't you wish that everything was just a bed of roses all the time? And, but it's not that way. We need to endure hardness or hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You understand that? So endurance, we add perseverance to our faith. Now, the next thing the Bible says is to add is godliness. 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 Now, as I studied into this word, godliness, it means reverence and respect toward God. Reverence and respect toward God. The things of God, the house of God, the word of God and ministers of the gospel. Now, that's what I've concluded. The word actually means reverence and respect toward God. But you know how you can tell if somebody really respects God? Look at how they respect His house. Look at how they respect His word. Actually, you can look and see how they respect His ministers. Godliness, reverence, and respect. Something Brother Hagin said before he went, home, went on to be with the Lord, he said that the Spirit of God was grieved with this generation because they've lost a reverence and respect toward God. Now, he didn't say everybody, but the implication was the, 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 whole, of, the whole of, you know, as a whole. And I, and, 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 and I tend to agree with him, as a whole. I still say church ought to be a place of reverence and holiness. and I still don't think church ought to be like a nightclub. Amen. You know, there's a time we can shout in church. Is that right? 
clap our hands and praise God. And there's times we ought to be reverent and just however the Spirit of God's moving. But there ought to be reverence and respect toward God in the house of God. Amen. I still think people ought to come to church first and foremost for Jesus, not for the donuts. Now, we can have donuts and all that, but I, I don't care. I just, I, you know, I still think that has to be first, don't you? That's showing respect for the house of God. Am I against donuts? No, but let's, let's keep Jesus. Jesus is the reason we come, right? Is that right? So just respect for the house of God and for the things of God. Godliness. Add that to your faith. Godliness. One thing I've learned is keep yourself stirred up toward the, the things of God and toward the house of God. Because I tell you, it seems like we're living in a society in, 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 in spiritual things where that, 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 that it seems like to me that, that hunger and desire that, I've, that I observed <laughs> years ago seem, seems to be waning in Let's keep it stirred up. What do you say? I can't do anything about other folks. I'm not here to judge them. All I can do is something about me. Amen? And I can encourage you. Let's keep, let's keep this godliness stirred up within us. This reverence and respect for God, the Word of God, the things of God. Do you understand? And then to that, add brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. What does that mean? Just what it says. <laughs> a genuine kindness and love for the brethren. A genuine kindness and love for the brethren. You know, when I say brethren, I'm talking about fellow Christians. And certainly for sinners. How many of you know we ought to love sinners too? Is that right? But this is talking about a love for brethren. How many of you know there's some denominations... I mean, there's some Baptists that won't talk to Pentecostals, and there's some Pentecostals won't talk to Baptists. Isn't that sad? When, when the Bible says we need to come into the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God, we're never going to agree. See, I was a Baptist, and then I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I, and, and I came over among the Pentecostals or the Charismatics, so I'm a Bapticostal. You understand? You understand? You understand that? But I'll tell you this, from my knowledge of it, I don't think the two groups are ever going to agree on the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the speaking with tongues. But, you know, isn't it, you know, isn't it sad that we can't fellowship? I mean, I, I fellowship with the Baptists, but some of them won't fellowship with me because they know that I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and they think that that's passed away. And Isn't that sad? It's very sad. And, and sometimes there's a lot of unkind words that are spoken, and, and, uh, and it's so sad. And, and we need to add to our faith brotherly kindness. And I've even seen it, you know, I'm talking about denominations now, but uh, I've even seen it within the church where people haven't, I'm talking people that attended the same church, that, that, that people, there wasn't this brotherly kindness towards one another. I've seen a lot of that over the last 20-some-odd years, 25 years that I've been around churches and 
I've seen a lot, how many have seen a lot of that besides me? Squabbling and, and fussing and going on and, 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 and this group's upset with that group and this group's upset with that group and this, this group's mad at the pastor and the pastor's mad at that group and how many knows what I'm talking about? Isn't that sad and then mean things are said and brotherly kindness, just being kind, just not talking bad about one another. Just being kind to one another. First Peter one twenty two. First Peter one twenty two. I'm almost finished here. First Peter one twenty two in the King James Version. First Peter one twenty two. I'm going to read this one in the King James Version. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Unfeigned love of the brethren unfeigned love that word feigned unfeigned means means that it's it's not fake but it's real true notice what we read on see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently how many of you have ever seen feigned love fake love you know where you you knew the person you know, you knew they've talked bad about you. But yet when they see you, oh, hi. How you doing? Good to see you. How many of you have ever run into that over the years? But you know. I've already had situations where the Spirit of God in prayer told me so-and-so and so-and-so, that group, they're, they're talking bad about you. And I don't ever say anything. And then they come up to you. I might mention it to my wife. And then they come up to you. Hi. How are you doing, Pastor? Oh, how are y'all, Pastor? Oh, we just love you so much. And I know what the Holy Ghost had said to me. So I just, you know. And then, and then, you know, because I can miss it. I can miss it. Holy Ghost don't miss it. I can miss it. So maybe I misheard him, you know. So I never say anything. Always give people the benefit of the doubt. But then you find out later from two or three reliable sources. Did you know what so-and-so said about you? Did you know what? Did you know? And I want to say, sure, the Holy Ghost told me, but I, you know, I don't want to act over spiritual. So, But then you get that confirmation, you know. And just it's, what it is, plain and simple, folks have not added to their faith what? Brotherly kindness. And then finally, add love. Add love. Add love. That's the God kind of love, the unconditional love. And Galatians, the fifth chapter says, faith works by love. So you better have that one added in or your faith isn't even going to work. Amen. Amen. I think a lot of times people center in so much on the, lo- on the love of God that they forget to be kind. Maybe that's why the Spirit of God put, <laughs> put those two separately. Because I would think that love, and, love would encompass brotherly kindness and it... And it probably does, but evidently the Spirit had, had, uh, had this written as two different, two different words. I think sometimes we can get so uh, uh, centered in on uh, 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 you know, love that we forget to be kind. It's kind of like the ministers that they love crowds, but they don't like people. Did you get what I just said? Huh? Did you get that? And so we need to be watchful. 
that we walk in love all right, but that in, inside that love we're also kind. Amen? So, if we'll do these things, we'll conclude right here in 2 Peter 1. Did you get anything out of this? Was it, this I've never, I don't think I've ever really talked too much on, on these uh, per se, so it's, it's high time we mention them. I've, what I've probably done, I've centered in on like one of them, but I haven't done a message where I've added, grouped them all in. So it's good to talk about, isn't it? Praise God. So look at 2 Peter 1.8. If we'll add, now let's see if we get this. Let's review here. If we add to our faith, what was the first thing? Virtue. And then what? Knowledge. And then what? Self-control. And then what? Perseverance. Then what? Godliness. Then what? Brother Klein. And then what? Love. Now, if we'll, if we'll add to our faith those things, and they build one on another, look at 2 Peter 1.8 again. For if these things, what we just mentioned, are yours and abound... You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9 says, if we lack these things, short-sighted even to blindness. Look at verse 10, end of that verse. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. So these things are important that we talked about tonight. How many never want to stumble? Well, we need to center in on these things. And then verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now consider that for a moment. Because what did we say when we opened this message? We said that faith, with a re- sinner with a repentant heart, faith plus nothing equals salvation, correct? So what does this mean for an entrance will be supplied to a person who has faith plus these other things? An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Well, the best way I can describe this to you is this. How many of you remember Stephen? When he, he was a Christian, right? He was saved, wasn't he? Because of his faith in Jesus, plus nothing, just faith in Christ, right? But you know what? As you study Stephen, he was a man full of faith and power. He had added these things to his life. And when he was stoned... Remember when he was put to death, when he was stoned, somebody stood up at the right hand of the Father and welcomed him in. See, that's what that's talking about. I'm convinced when Christians, when they, when they, when they, when they die, their spirit leaves their body, if they haven't added, they've got faith in Jesus, all right, praise God, but they haven't added these things we talked about tonight, they'll make heaven all right, but I don't think Jesus stands up to give them a standing greeting when they come in. But if we're like Stephen, who added to his faith these things we talked about, then when, when, when we die, I believe, be like Stephen. If we've added these things to our faith, then, then we get, what does it say? An entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus stands up and greets people in that have added these things to their faith. Did you get what I just said there? How many of you like Jesus to stand up when you... huh? All right, well, praise God. All right, let's review one more time. Repetition is the seed of learning. Faith plus what? Virtue, then what? Knowledge, then what? Then what? Then what? Then what? Then what? Love. Amen. Well, all right, praise God. Ushers, receive the tithes and offerings. If you're making out a check, make it out Summit Church or SC. If you need an envelope, you can...